Who are the Sadducees? This may be a question that you're not really asking unless you're reading certain parts of the New Testament. Because the Sadducees are one of the groups in the New Testament that don't get as much publicity. Unlike the Pharisees, who most people think about often. The Pharisees are the famous ones, the ones we always think about. But the Sadducees are just as important to the New Testament narrative. And if you don't know who the Sadducees are, you're going to find yourself reading the New Testament and scratching your head. Who are these people? Or, even worse, you're going to find yourself reading the New Testament while also missing some important details that would help you to understand better. So I hope you like this episode, because I'm going to tell you exactly who the Sadducees are. Hello, and welcome to the New Testament Setting Podcast. Before we get started talking about the Sadducees, I want to encourage you to, to like and follow and post a review on your favorite podcast platform because I'm really trying to grow this channel and it really helps me if you do that. So let's get started talking about the Sadducees. First of all, if we are going to think about the Sadducees, we have to go back to last episode where we talked about the Pharisees and we need to remember one important piece of information. And that is that ancient Judaism, Judaism in the time of Jesus, was not uniform. It was not a monolith. All Jews did not agree on what proper worship of the one true God actually looked like. So you had a lot of variation among professing Jews. So you might have some Jews that would say that their version of Judaism was the correct version, but would still affirm that people from the other group are still Jewish. While you might have some groups that would say, no, we're the true Jerusalem, we're the true Jews, and they're not even part of the group. Now, of the various Jewish sects or parties, the two main ones were the Pharisees, which we talked about last week, and the Sadducees. Now, these are the true groups that wielded the most power, and they are the ones that have the most prominent position in the New Testament. But this week, we're going to talk about the Sadducees because we've already talked about the Pharisees in the last episode. So, the Sadducees, who were they? Well, the Sadducees were a party that primarily had strength and had its authority and power within Jerusalem itself. You see, the Sadducees were primarily, not exclusively, but primarily made up of the priests and those associated with the priests. So the Sadducees are going to have most of their power around the temple because where were most of the priests centered around? You got it. The temple in Jerusalem. And now, remember, in Judaism, you have synagogues, which are in every local Jewish community, but then you have the temple, which there's only one of those. The temple is in Jerusalem. It's where they made sacrifices. It's the center of Judaism all over the known world. Well, guess what? The Sadducees, because they are the primary party of priests, the high priests were all Sadducees, the people in charge of temple worship were Sadducees, 
because of that prominent place within Jewish worship, the Sadducees had a lot of authority. Now, the Pharisees had the most authority out in the villages, out in the local synagogues, among everyday people. But those people would focus their worship and often come to worship, if they could, at the temple once a year, maybe more than once a year, depending on how much money they had, maybe not as often. But at the end of the day, the Sadducees had a lot of power because they had that power in the temple. The high priests were Sadducees. If you came to make a sacrifice, you were dealing with the Sadducees. The Sadducees also had not just religious power, but because of their focus in Jerusalem, they also had a lot of political power. See, the Sadducees, particularly under the high priest, had a close connection with the Roman government. So the Sadducees are the ones who are interacting most with the Roman governor, who are really responsible for making sure that the Jewish people in Jerusalem stay in line, um, and that those people in Jerusalem continue to keep this kind of uneasy uh, peace between the Roman authority and the Jewish people. So the Sadducees in particular, where we see them a lot, but most people don't realize that that's who they're talking about, is when we see the trial of Jesus. The people who are most prominent in the trial of Jesus were the Sadducees. Yes, Pharisees were there. Um, Pharisees were part of the Sanhedrin. Pharisees would have been encouraging and would have been in an alliance with the Sadducees in the trial against Jesus. But the Sadducees, under the high priest and uh, former high priests and other important people there, they would have been the ones really interacting with and dialoguing with Pilate. So the people that are saying to Pilate, hey, we brought him to you. You know we're not allowed to execute people, but you need to do, you need to do this. He violated our law. These are the Sadducees. Yes, some Pharisees are connected because Pharisees are part of the Sanhedrin, but the Sadducees are really the key movers and shakers here because that's where their power was in Jerusalem under the high priests. So, the Sadducees, when you're thinking about them, think about them as the ones who really had that most prominent role within the politics of Jerusalem. So, where else do we see the Sadducees pop up? Well, we also see the Sadducees pop up in the early church, not just in Jesus' trial, but we also see the Sadducees pop up in the early church. They're in Jerusalem. Because early on in Jerusalem, you see the Sadducees and the high priests are the ones that are going to arrest John and Peter multiple times and are going to really tell them, hey, you need to stop putting Jesus' blood on us. You need to stop doing this. Otherwise, there's going to be consequences. Again, at least at some point, we're left to understand that it's not totally the Sadducees. There might be some Pharisees involved because you have one prominent Pharisee named Gamaliel that's mentioned in Acts. But the Sadducees have a big role in that. Now, 
Before we move on talking about the Sadducees and where you see them pop up in the Bible, we need to backtrack and talk a little bit about what the Sadducees believed. What did the Sadducees believe that made them different than the Pharisees? Because the distinction here is not just a political one where they had power and influence. Sadducees in Jerusalem around the temple, Pharisees in the synagogues and the villages. But it's, it's actually a doctrinal difference. So the Sadducees, unlike the Pharisees, limited the books of the Old Testament, what we would call the Old Testament, they wouldn't call them that, but they limited the books of what we would call the Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures, they limited it to the first five books of Moses. So the first five books. So that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those were the only books that the Sadducees saw as being authoritative. Now, they didn't ignore the prophets and the other works that we would tend to associate with the Old Testament. They didn't ignore them, but they did not see them as words from God. They didn't see them as authoritative. Useful for the community? Sure. Historically accurate? Sure. Scripture? No. So the Sadducees were much stricter on what they considered Scripture to be. But not only that, the Sadducees were also very strict on where they got their doctrine from. So if you remember the Pharisees, we said that the Pharisees had all these extra traditions of the elders, this kind of oral tradition that would eventually get written, get written down. Um, but they had all this oral tradition that they added to the Scripture that became almost as important as the Scripture, this extra layer of interpretation, this extra layer of duty that they put on the people. The Sadducees did not have that. So the Sadducees, as much as we can tell, looking historically, tried to avoid adding any kind of extra layer of theology over the first five books, over the Torah. They tried to avoid adding that extra layer. So there are certain doctrines that we see are held by the Pharisees and held by many others that the Sadducees themselves did not hold. The most important doctrine that we see the Sadducees don't hold is the doctrine of the resurrection. See, Pharisees and Jesus all affirm the doctrine of the resurrection, the idea that after a person dies, particularly after a Jewish believing person dies, then in the end times, there will be a resurrection of the dead. That is the belief that is held by the Pharisees and also held by Jesus and his followers, that there will be a resurrection from the dead, that this life is not it. The Sadducees, on the other hand, do not have that particular belief. The Sadducees, because they don't see that as an obvious implication in the first uh, five books, the, the books of Moses, because they don't see that as an obvious implication there, they do not actually hold to the resurrection. So as far as the Sadducees were concerned, and again, this is as much as we can tell looking at historical records, is that the Sadducees believe that once you die, that's it. That's it. You're done. You have died. No afterlife of any kind, no resurrection, that's it. Now again, it's important to know that 
eventually the temple's going to be destroyed by the Romans because there's going to be a revolt. And when that happens, the Sadducees are pretty much going to cease to exist as a group. So unfortunately, because after the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, the, there's going to be the destruction of the whole Sadducees, uh, Sadducee sect, we don't know a lot about the Sadducees doctrinally because anything that was written down from them is gone. And the people that we find out about the Sadducees from are either Christians, who obviously didn't have a particularly high view of them, or Pharisees like Josephus and then later uh, rabbinic writers. So that's why you keep hearing me qualify things about the Sadducees saying, as far as we can tell. Because the Sadducees cease to exist in any meaningful way after the 70s AD. So we don't have a lot of extra information about them. Unlike the Pharisees that continued um, and morphed and changed into what we would think of as modern Judaism. So looking at the Sadducees, we, we grasp this important idea of the resurrection, but there's possibly some other things that they believe that were different. So we've grasped that they had a much more narrow view of what was scripture. We've grasped that they were much more reluctant to add particular doctrines about uh, things like the resurrection. But there's another area where they may or may not have differed from the Pharisees, and that's this issue of whether or not angels and demons exist. So there's one line that we get from Luke in the book of Acts, that the Sadducees did not believe in angels or demons. Now, that could be taken a couple different ways, um, and we don't see it in any other sources. So it could mean that specifically, because the context of that passage was talking about the resurrection, so it could be in that passage that the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection in relation to angels and demons, or that we would become angels or spirits or that kind of thing. But we don't really know. So possibly the Sadducees did not believe in angels, did not believe in spirits or demons. But again, we're not 100% sure on there. Scholars aren't totally clear there. But that seems to be one of the things that they may not have believed in also. So as we look at the Sadducees, just to kind of recap and refocus, the Sadducees have a much more narrow understanding of what is authoritative scripture. They're much more reluctant at adding theological innovations to what they see as uh, Jewish doctrine and scripture. They don't affirm the resurrection. They may not affirm the existence of angels or spirits or demons. And they're also very politically strong in and around Jerusalem and the temple. So let's talk a couple more things about uh, the Sadducees and how they show up in the New Testament. So one prominent place that they show up in the New Testament is Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. On Jesus' way to Jerusalem, he starts to encounter different challengers who will challenge his authority. We have Pharisees, we have lawyers, all challenging Jesus' authority. Um, but then we have Sadducees come up. And the Sadducees basically give this really weird um, example of a woman who 
marries a person and then her husband dies so then she marries his brother as part of the old testament concept of leverant marriage so she marries his brother but then he dies without any children and then she basically marries all of the brothers all of these different brothers like seven different brothers and doesn't have children with any of them and they say okay jesus in the resurrection which they don't believe in by the way in the resurrection who is she married to and the whole idea around this is the sadducees don't believe in the resurrection right so they're trying to attack jesus and they're trying to say jesus this is how we know that there's no resurrection because logistically it doesn't even make sense who's she going to be married to and then jesus's response is this jesus says and again notice that jesus is going to go to the pentateuch he's going to go to the torah he's not going to quote anything from any of the prophets he's going to go to those first five books and what jesus says is god is the god of abraham isaac and jacob when god identifies himself he says i am the god of abraham isaac and jacob and the point that jesus is making is god is talking about abraham who lived in the past god is talking about isaac who lived in the past god is talking about jacob who lived in the past but he does not say i was the god of abraham was the god of isaac was the god of jacob how does god respond i am the god of abraham isaac and jacob so jesus really makes this point that when god refers to himself later on talking to moses when god refers to himself he says i am the god of abraham isaac and jacob which seems to imply that in some sense abraham isaac and jacob still exist it's not that i was it's i am so then jesus makes this statement god is the god of the living not the dead so jesus really takes their statement and then says your statement doesn't fit what the scripture says even by your admission of what you include as scripture it doesn't fit and then he references their issue they say who is this woman going to be married to in the resurrection and jesus's answer so jesus answers the question and he says understand in the resurrection that men will neither marry nor people will neither marry nor be given into marriage but they'll be like the angels so in this point the idea there um, is that marriage is not going to be necessary in the way that it's necessary now so the answer to their question ultimately is who is she married to and the answer is you're totally missing the point she's not really married to any of them because marriage is not going to work or exist in the same way that it does now it, the the need for it is not going to be present in the same way so that's the point jesus is trying to make they give him this ridiculous thing that doesn't seem like it could possibly work out jesus recognizes these are sadducees they're trying to attack me and attract my credibility and he addresses their ultimate um view as a sadducee and meets them where they're at so another important thing where it's important for us to know who the sadducees are 
is when you get to the arrest and trial of the Apostle Paul. Now, we've already talked about how the Sadducees are important for Jesus's trial, and we really related to that, to their political power. But I want us to get to the Sadducees when we look at getting near the end of Acts, um, getting into Acts 21, 22, 23. When we start to get into that territory, Paul gets arrested in Jerusalem, and Paul gets brought before the Sanhedrin. Now, the Sanhedrin is the high court of the Jews there in Jerusalem. And the Sanhedrin is made up of both Sadducees and Pharisees. Well, if you remember, as you read these passages, you remember that Paul is a Pharisee. Well, at least he was. He was trained as a Pharisee. And not only that, Paul, the main thing that Paul is preaching is that Jesus rose from the dead. So Paul is preaching something that at core is connected to the idea of the resurrection. Now, he's not in agreement with a lot of his other Pharisee uh, counterparts because they would say the resurrection is happening in the future. They would not affirm Jesus' resurrection. But Paul's very wise because he looks at the people there in the room and he notices that the Sanhedrin is divided evenly between Sadducees and between Pharisees. So when they start to attack him, Paul's response is, the only reason that I got arrested, the only reason I'm being attacked is because my belief in the resurrection. And he says, I'm a Pharisee. Everyone, they're attacking me because I believe in the resurrection. So then immediately, all the Pharisees in the room are just amazed and they're like, we don't find anything wrong with them. And then the Sadducees are like, no, he's wrong because of this. And then it becomes this huge fight. And they're just about going to rip Paul in half as they're pulling on him. And then the military commander, the Roman military commander, has to like rescue Paul from this situation. Well, if you don't understand that the Sadducees affirm the resurrection of the dead, and, excuse me, that the Pharisees affirm the resurrection of the dead, and that the Sadducees reject the resurrection of the dead, then this scene just seems really odd to you. Well, that's why it's so important for you to grasp that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, while they coexisted, while they both had important roles in the Jewish community, and while they often worked together um, as pillars of the Jewish community, they did have some significant theological differences. So what Paul did there was he played on those differences in order to really kind of get around and to get away, um, at least temporarily, because he stayed in jail for a very long time. So, I know this is a lot of information. Maybe it can be a lot to grasp. But I want us to make sure that we get this. The Sadducees are one of several Jewish parties in ancient Judaism. They had a lot of political power, specifically in and around the temple and in and around Jerusalem. They affirmed a limited canon that involved Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They rejected uh, doctrinal uh, building 
on our extra doctrinal traditions such as the resurrection, possibly the idea of angels and demons, and that they had a prominent role in the execution of Jesus. They had a prominent role in the persecution of Christianity, um, particularly the early apostles and Paul, and they also had a, a role in arguing with Jesus during the time leading up to him being arrested. So they're an important group that shows up a lot, whether they're explicitly mentioned or not, and it would help us to be able to understand the New Testament if we know who they are. So I encourage you guys to follow this podcast, to share it with friends, to do everything you can to get it out there, to review it, and also visit me at my website. So my website is in tsetting.com and I would love to interact with you guys. I'm also on Facebook and through other ways which you can get at through that website. Alright. Thank you and I hope you learn more about the New Testament every day.